Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the ASA podcast, where we hope to build a bridge of understanding between people of African descent and others through open dialogue. My name is Demi Lola, and I'm here with my co-host, Pachi Patel. Today, we will be discussing contemporary events, which include the flu shop clinic that happened on campus, more on SARS, and voting. As many of you know, Mercer University has decided to host Flu Shot Week to encourage students to get their annual influenza vaccination. There is a raffle associated with getting the flu shot where you could win a $50 gift card, a $40 Marks gift card, or a university sweatshirt from Barnes & Noble. While the last day to get your flu shot was Wednesday, you can still get one from the CVS Minute Clinic or your local doctor. In the time of COVID, it is best to try to keep as many illnesses away as possible. Yeah, that's very true. Now, I'd like to take our attention back to the STARS movement that was mentioned in our last episode. So, as I said previously, STARS stands for Special Anti-Robbery Squad and is known in Nigeria for being a corrupt police unit that is everything but aid in the protection of its citizens. On October 12th, President of Nigeria, Muhammadu Buhari, said that he would be dissolving STARS in response to the protests that were sparked by the video of a citizen being murdered by a STARS officer. The police force said that the video was fake and arrested the person who posted the video, but it did not quell the protest. These protests have been going on for over two weeks now with no end in sight. On October 20th, protesters were at the Lekki Tollgate singing the national anthem when they were barricaded on either side and shot by Nigerian security forces. The night has since been labeled the Lekki Massacre as 12 people were killed, making the death toll since the start of the protest rise to about 56. This is nothing new for Nigeria though. Prachi and I interviewed someone who lived in Nigeria as a child and would like to remain anonymous. When asked about what they thought of, of the current SARS situation, they gave the following response. Well, I didn't have proximate experience with the SARS um, police department. Um, when I was in college at the University of Lagos, and this is quite a long time ago, under the military government, there was an incident where the students were rioting and then the mobile police were sent to the campus. They surrounded the campus and wouldn't let anybody exit or in ingress into the campus. And I believe some of the students were throwing stones at the mobile police thinking that the absolute, the worst response would be shooting at them with um, you know, rubber bullets. And unfortunately, they did use live ammunition, and an architectural student was killed. So that's that's my experience with yeah, brutality in that sense. And yeah, being a democratic country, there should be the allowance of people to protest. You know that that should be employed as a means of you know, self-expression and, and freedom of speech. And these are rights that are ensconced in the Nigerian constitution. And so I do side with the students, having or side with anybody wanting to have the ability to protest, albeit it should be done in a lawful, peaceful and orderly fashion. So this is nothing new for Nigeria. Right. Nigeria has had a long history of falling prey to corruption and injustice. It's saddening because Nigerians are such brilliant, awe-inspiring people the country could really be a global superpower if they could be more collaborative in a positive way. I'm not Nigerian or even a person of African descent, but hearing about what is happening over there is really bothersome. I don't understand how 
this much can be happening and the media isn't talking about it. I don't like how like global news networks don't talk about these things. And when they do, they talk about it for a couple of weeks. But this has been happening in Nigeria for a really long time. Am I correct? The, the injustice has been happening in Nigeria for a really long time. However, these SAR, the SARS protests haven't been. It's only been like a little over two weeks. But a lot of countries in Africa and a lot of uh, like people in Nigeria specifically that I know about and everything have gone through inhumane treatment. They've been faced with all of this corruption and everything. And it is a shame because I feel as though media outlets and even like global platforms are supposed to be charged with taking action and making sure that the world as a whole is a better safe place for everybody. They haven't been doing their jobs, especially when it comes to African countries. It's kind of like they're left up to their own devices. When we look at history and look at things such as the Rwandan massacre versus what happened with the breakup of Yugoslavia, the UN did not take action in Rwanda. They were literally taking out all of the Caucasian individuals and people that had been sent there as like ambassadors and everything, got them out of Rwanda and like were watching individuals get murdered. However, in Kosovo, they were there to leap into action and try and help stop the chaos that was going on over there. So it's it's really easy to juxtapose people's treatment and what is valued. It seems as though human life isn't as valued in Africa, like from the a world perspective. The human life of Africans isn't as valuable as a more European or like Eurocentric country. Definitely. And on top of that, I feel like people nowadays are desensitized. Even if things do go on the news, they're often like exaggerated. Not necessarily exaggerated, but they're made to seem like each and every instance of this occurrence is this violent or this big of a hot topic. Like police brutality is not new. However, they made it a hot topic this year. And I feel like from a human rights perspective, this shouldn't be treated like a hot topic. It should be treated like an actual issue that people need to take action on. And I feel like the media is really misleading people in their understanding of what it is. It's not just an Mm -hmm. American issue. It's everywhere. Yeah. And another issue with the media is that it's very difficult to try and find reliable sources that can give you a lot of updates on what is going on. When I was looking up information for SARS, I was hard-pressed to find current information about what's going on in the movement and being able to hear the voice of people who are currently in Nigeria trying to fight against this injustice. There are people such as um, Nigerian Afrobeat Star Falls. He organized a protest um, against SARS and everything. And a lot of other, even like American celebrities such as Rihanna, are posting okay and SARS people are trying to get the word out as much as they can because it is time and time again it has been proven that when issues occur in Africa they are often overshadowed and like just left to the side they're not as cared about or as valued and it's a shame because at the base of it all we're all human we're all people but it's like oh that's their problem or they can figure it out or okay that's just we expect Africans to be like that And it's a real shame. Yeah, the stereotypes definitely do not help. I also feel like nowadays the media and people in general have really politicized caring about human rights. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how that makes any sense. How can caring for another human being 
become a matter of what party you identify with. Mm -hmm. I feel like human rights should matter no matter who you are or what you stand behind. Exactly. And basic fundamental things that people should be allowed to do, such as protest, are not being upheld. It should not be an issue that somebody would go into the streets and say, hey, I want change, and be able to swim at the top of the lungs. Hey, I want change. That should not be an issue. Nobody should have to be beaten, tortured, and even killed just for speaking their mind about the injustices that they face about the government. And it will be one thing if it was like a bunch of lies. No, these are legitimate accounts of the injustice and inhumane treatment that people have actually gone through. Mm -hmm. And no one really knows what to believe anymore just because it's hard to find media that's actually reliable. Exactly. And, you know, you always hear, oh, don't believe everything you see on the internet. Oh, you can't you can't trust this media source because even, like, media sources get politicized. You can't trust this media source because, oh, they, they they're with... left or right. Yes, yeah, they're with this political party. When the, the purpose of a media source, in my opinion, is just to provide reliable information. So if that purpose isn't being upheld, then what are we as citizens supposed to do? Yeah, like, people should be left to their own devices to figure out what they think and what they care about i feel like it's very easy in today's world to just align with one party or another just because of the way the system is set up like you can't have your own views and actually make change in a significant way just the way the system is at least that's what it feels like yeah um i was speaking to a friend and he was about to vote on his absentee ballot and he was talking about how he wanted to research each candidate and make sure he knew what they stood for and not only vote on party lines but at the end of the day, it ended up not mattering, even after looking it up. Just because politicians align with whatever party that they're trying to yeah. appease. Yeah, it's very polarized, and yeah. it's a shame. But going back to the the basis of this conversation, um, with the SARS movement, the best way that change can be enacted is to spread the word, to post about it, to talk about it, and to donate to organizations that are helping the protesters if you can. And if you're not in a place where you can donate right now, we are the generation that can take use and take advantage of social media. You can share the GoFundMes, you can share the organizations, you can put the link in your bio, you could create a link tree. There's so many ways for you to actually be involved and um, it doesn't require to have monetary support right from yourself individually it is essential that we heighten awareness about this issue because as i said before just because we are here in america does not mean that it is not our issue or something that we don't need to be concerned about not only as nigerian american but as a member of asa i feel that it's important to raise awareness about issues that affect us and i encourage all of our listeners to do the same by doing so real lasting change may be achievable Back to voting, we were already talking about it. (laughs) Um, Speaking of lasting change, a lot is happening in America right now with these upcoming elections. Yep, change is on our doorstep and it's up to us whether we will answer the door or not. Exactly. So are you nervous at all? I am definitely nervous, mostly because I've never voted before. I'm Indian and in my small group of Indian people... um, voting isn't really a thing like my parents don't vote as far as I know and whenever I asked them about it they were like why (laughs) Mm -hmm. what difference does it make whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen either way yeah that's understandable it was my first time voting too and I was nervous 
But what are you the most nervous about? Well, besides the fact that I've never done it before, I'm going to be voting on people in a state which I don't live in most of the year and have no intention of residing in long term. I don't know what impact I could make by voting for those specific candidates just because one, I don't feel like my vote's actually going to make a difference. And two, I don't know the candidates well enough. I'm not as well informed as I should be to be voting on the smaller candidates, like the ones that are responsible for the laws made in Alabama. Right. I understand that. I think people get so wrapped up in presidential elections that they don't pay attention to the individuals who would have the most impact on their day-to-day lives. I know when I was voting, I saw the like the House of Representatives, the Senate, and the President, and then for a lot of smaller uh, people running, I didn't even realize that certain people were on the ballot. Like, there was a water and soil pers- like leader that you could vote for, and some other areas, like smaller, uh, or like, I don't want to say like smaller, but just like less talked about aspects of the ballot. And I feel like that is an issue because if we are trying to create a a society of well-informed individuals that should not only be well-informed in terms of the president or uh the house of reps or the senate like their county officials sheriffs things that like i said before affect our day-to-day lives that we just don't we aren't as educated about yeah i feel like people don't take advantage of the system in Mm -hmm. the just because of the way it's set up and with voting in general i've always been encouraged to register to vote but i don't really know all that much outside of that like what the ballot looks like and it also is different for each state so being a college student out of state it just feels very overwhelming right Um, Additionally, the voting process is really scary for me. I opted to do the absentee ballot because I'm from a different state, and I have yet to receive it. It has not come in the mail. I've also heard horror stories about it not getting counted at all, and that would be a lot of extra work for me to go out and vote, to put my heart out there and think that I'm going to make a change, I'm going to make a difference (laughs) in this country, only for it to not get counted or not even get here in the first place. And I'm also worried about there being a bunch of legal gar- legal jargon just because um, I heard that there are, like, laws or, like, they put, like, the very legally specific, obscure laws that certain candidates are going to do one thing or the other or you vote on a law happening or not or something like that on the ballot. And yeah. And that's overwhelming. Yeah. So, well, actually, I just recently went to go vote myself. And when you go to vote, there is a section in the beginning that says that that ask you whether you're being paid to vote for individuals or not. And I understand how this may cause a bit of anxiety for some people, as it may be hard to understand at first, especially if English isn't your first language. But besides that, there's there's an, a bunch of legal jargon. I mean, at the end of the voting process, you just reminded me, um, there are, you do vote for certain laws. Yeah. So, additionally, like, as I said before, if, you, if English isn't your first language and... I mean, when you're in the polls and you have, like, a long line, you can't feel pressured to, okay, I need to hurry up and do my vote and everything. I have things to do. Because, like, okay, there are many issues with voting in general. Because, one, some people, some businesses do not give you time off to go vote. So, if you're trying to go vote during a lunch break or you're taking a day off to go vote and you have other errands to run... 
it can be very stressful. Like you might want to, you might be in that mindset that you want to get in and out. You need to go, you know, who you're going to vote for whether it's like along party lines or whatever. What it sounds then, like to me is that voting is a privilege if you're able to leave work or leave school and see, actually get to go vote. It's supposed to be a right civil responsibility, a right among I mean, and it's a shame because we call it a right, however, it had to be made into a right and through an amendment process for African Americans, people of African descent and women. But that's a conversation for a different day. The voting process can be very, very difficult. You have a long line. You might feel pressured to hurry up and get your voting done because you're being considered by other people. At the same time, you might have other errands to run. You might ha- not have enough time to like, just sit there and try and like, think through what exactly you're being asked about and whether you want to vote for it or not. So I have a question. So you voted in person? Yes. Okay, so it's... I feel like it's different if you're trying to vote with an absentee ballot because you can... Are you allowed to have your phone when you're voting to look up things? I don't know. I don't... I feel like it's not recommended that you have your phone because it's against law to take a picture. Yeah, I, I heard that. Yeah, It was illegal to do that. So, I, I feel as though if you pulled out your phone to look up something... It would be uncomfortable in the very least. Yes, and on top of that, I feel like one of the, the people who are working the polls might ask you to step aside and may not count your ballot or just something because they, they're not sure about what's going on okay so you could risk getting your vote discounted yes well at this least... is like a personal view i'm not saying that this is facts or anything this yeah. is just what i feel like might happen yeah that makes sense so i feel like at least in that regard an absentee ballot would probably be a little bit less hectic you don't have to worry about taking that time out but you do have to get witnesses as far as i know and to, you also run the risk of your absentee ballot not actually getting to the destination and being counted or somebody yeah. possibly getting hold of it and changing it. That sounds really sketch to me. Yeah. So there's there are definitely issues and many levels that go into the voting process. But that's pretty much how in-person voting worked for me. Okay. That makes me feel a little bit better. But the thing that I'm mostly concerned about is that my vote won't count because of the Electoral College and how voting works here. So what is it about the Electoral College that you don't like? I don't like that I don't think that um, the Electoral College really represents the people very well because it's not as diverse as I would like it to be, personally. Um, I don't feel like my vote will actually be taken seriously just because the people in power might not really agree with what I have to say, and I feel like my opinion or my vote will basically be suppressed through the Electoral College. And on top of that, last time, Trump lost the popular vote, which was supposed to be the word of the people. So I don't understand how the people's vote was overcasted and we ended up with the president that we have now. Yeah, the Founding Fathers set it up that way because they believed the masses couldn't be trusted. They thought people's views are easily swayed, especially in the presence of factions. Do you think the Electoral College is, form of, is a form of voter suppression? Absolutely. Voter suppression is a disgrace, and it shouldn't happen, but it's discrimination at its finest, in my opinion. Okay. Well, for those of you who don't know, voter suppression is anything that hinders an individual's right to vote or influence the outcome of an election. Some famous examples are the grandfather clause, and the literacy requirement used during the Jim Crow era. 
against black people in America. Are you worried that you might be subject to voter suppression? Absolutely. As a woman of color, I'm worried that I may not get my ballot until it's too late or my ballot won't actually get there at the end of the day. And there's so many other ways that my vote could be suppressed, not to even consider the Electoral College all on its own. Yeah, I can see that. If you look at low-income neighborhoods, which are often filled with white people of color, the lack of education and voting practices is concerning. How are you supposed to vote if you don't know how to register? There are no nearby poll offices, and you're not taught about the effects of voting and different policies. Another thing with the voting process in America, if the Founding Fathers created the Electoral College because the people could not be trusted, how can the people be trusted if they don't have news outlets that they can actually rely on or feel like they can trust or systems in place for them to be able to educate themselves? There's also the whole factor of having the access to that information in the first place, because depending on where you live, you may or may not have access to a computer or anything to actually educate yourself with. Yeah, well, if you think about the time of the Founding Fathers, they weren't really, the media outlets weren't, in my opinion, they weren't as concerned about messages not being spread around, just due to like the nature of the way the country was set up back then, there wasn't as much controversy over media outlets as there are today yeah that makes sense but the fact that we're talking about something that these old people did hundreds of years ago Mm -hmm. and it hasn't been changed Mm -hmm. i mean if we're talking about okay the electoral college like i can't really speak about whether it's been changed or not per se because i'm not educated enough about the topic i'm sure it's been changed in terms of like the actual written laws and whatnot Mm -hmm. but i feel if the main reason for it to be in place is to like make sure that um, the people are represented the best way they can, specific to state, to make sure that whatever the people want or are voting on is actually being considered to like condense, I guess, or like create a, a decision for the collective of the state based on the votes of the individuals in that state. Mm-hmm. It only makes sense to employ more ways for people to be able to educate themselves. I feel like you should know more than just needing to register to vote. Like, that's all I ever hear about voting. Like, did you register to vote? Right, right, They never really talk about Okay, who are the candidates? And even when we're getting information, it is very hard to find unbiased information. Because people want to be voting for people with, like, with the, what's the word? Party? Not even party. They want to vote on who deserves to have the position. And when you are having biased media outlets on, like, every platform um, presenting information that may not just be facts so that leaving it up to the person themselves to decide, okay, whether you want to vote for that person or not, it makes things even more difficult, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a sad reality for some. In case you haven't already, we at ASA would love to encourage everyone to go vote by November 3rd, 2020. Vote early if you can to avoid longer lines, but still pack water and some snacks in case the line is long when you get there. Remember to wash your hands, sanitize, wear a mask, and socially distance yourself from other people as well. For more information on where you registered to vote, visit www.mvp.sos.ga.gov forward slash mvp forward slash mvp dot do. However, because that is a lot to remember. You can always just Google it if you have the resources to do so.
As always, thank you for listening in on the ASA podcast. See See you all next time. time.